0: Okay. Welcome to dispatch live. Here we are another week. I'm back as promised. And it was a close call. I got to tell you of whether I was going to make it. We were literally doing hour by hour today, me and Ryan to figure out whether this would work because, um, I ended up incredibly ill this weekend and then was back on my feet late last night, the fever broke. I was like, Ryan, I'm ready to go. That was at like midnight. And then at 5am this morning, little dude brisket is just vomiting all over the place. And I was like, ah. And so that was the whole morning. I was like, well, this isn't going to work very well. Um, But then he just stopped at noon. He stopped. He ate six chicken nuggets, a carton of blackberries. And he had ice cream for dinner. I'm not saying I'm mom of the year over here, but like he's not vomiting. So we're good. And here's Dispatch Live.
1: <laughs> blackberries is a dangerous food to feed your I toddler know. with a stomach bug.
0: Oh, you have no idea. I've many a sheet has been ruined because he loves blackberries and vomits pretty regularly.
2: So <laughs> eat them what they'll eat. That's what I always say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And look, blackberries of all things, like, yeah, I'll. I'll buy more sheets. It's like the healthiest (laughs) thing he actually will eat. Um, Well, we have other things to talk about rather than the worst things to feed your child if you're playing vomit roulette with the white sheets on the crib. Um, I mean, do we though? But it's, it's a pending Trump indictment week, maybe. We'll talk a little bit about the law side of that. We'll talk a lot about the politics side of that and who better to do it with Then Andrew Egger and David Drucker. And we're going to have the very best time. Um, I've noticed it's David M. Drucker.
2: It's because I'm vain and full of myself and need to feel like I'm important.
0: Which is funny because since I've known you, which is about 10 years, I've never heard anyone call you anything but Drucker. Like sometimes I still have to check on your first name.
2: Right. And that's, it's been that way since I was a kid. And really the M only came about sometime in my first year, I think as a full-time reporter, but I might've actually done this in college when I was writing for the Daily Bruin where I, I, cause I'm, I'm very visual in certain as, in certain ways. And I looked at my byline and I obsessed over my byline. Cause again, I'm vapid and shallow. And I thought to myself, David Drucker, it's like a lot of D's, but the M in there, it would just make all the difference. And I liked it. And and as everybody knows, I'd like I'd like to think that I'm actually easygoing and not uh annoying. But as Andrew can tell you, it was the only request I had when I started was please, in all official correspondence where it's a byline versus my name, can it be David M. Drucker for you know search consistency and all that s- stupid stuff? But yes, other than that, and this goes back to when I was in grade school, it's just Drucker. It's always been that way.
0: You know, what's really funny about this and it must be something like David is the equivalent name of Sarah. I mean, in so many respects, but also in popularity, um, I would love to mock you for this. I did the exact same thing and I have the exact same middle initial,
2: Uh um,
0: on like my business cards. It says Sarah M. Isger. Like, why, Hmm. what, why did I do that? Um, I don't know. It just, I also have a symmetrical. Like Sarah has five letters and Isger has five letters and the M is kind of breaking up the sing-songy, seesaw nature of my name, I feel.
2: Everybody has an emotional attachment to their (laughs) name and some, even the fact that I, Brucker was given to me basically by friends that I would play basketball with, right? Sports, you know, last names were a big thing in sports. And then I adopted it from them and it became a a thing with me where I, I liked it. And my name is... Not completely uncommon, but but not exactly common. So if you use my last name, at least around town, like most people know, unless they just don't know me, which th- there is a, such a thing as people don't actually know me. Um, I, I don't have uh, mahogany furniture and, and <laughs> shiny books. and all that. But you know, it's 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 kind of a thing, and, I, and I, I get a kick out of it.
0: Wait, so is your middle name Michael?
2: No, it's Morris.
0: That's awesome because mine is Maureen. <laughs>
2: Oh, that is classic. I, I, after some <laughs> grandfather of my mother's or an uncle or something, apparently, if I wasn't named David, I was going to be a Jack. But I, if I was not Andrew, I was going to be a Jack. Look at this. This is getting a little bewildering. Jack? I
1: think we need to call it. Does yeah, yeah, okay. everybody go home? We'll start again.
0: <laughs> we'll redo this later. Yeah, yeah, sorry. This is like some green room talk that is bled over. I do have two announcements to make, by the way. One, the Dispatch Podcast YouTube channel is up and running. My first question was, "Is this video?" And if so, did anyone tell me we were taking video? because I roll out of bed for those podcasts. Actually, I roll out of bed, drive the brisket to pre-K, come home, and immediately run from the garage up to the podcast. Um, it turns out, yeah, it is a lot of video, some audio only, depending, I guess, on um who was looking at it and whether they thought, My hair like actually in a large puff uh, is acceptable. So the YouTube channel is up. Go check that out. Also, um, many of you may know that Steve Hayes and I have a bet that's now a double bet on uh, Trump being the, the nominee of the Republican Party. We have started a little running conversation about that, that we've turned into a podcast just for you guys, just for members, called High Stakes. Get it? I'm actually not sure that this whole thing wasn't concocted around the podcast idea by our producer. Like he didn't tell us for a year and some change, but like the high stakes name is so perfect, um, as uh, it makes me suspicious. Uh, so let me read you on how to get to that. We're currently working on ways to make members only feeds more easily accessible. But in the meantime, the best way to get the feed is through the landing page called high stakes for members. That's literally what it's called high stakes for members. And we'll put the link in. We'll put it, I don't know. Um, Jonathan, maybe you can just throw that in the chat or something like that. The chat for the members right now. Um, or you can get the RSS link. There's some other ways, but Jonathan is in charge of the chat tonight. So we'll let him do it. He already did it. He already did it. Jonathan's all over it. Okay. Let's get to this. So There is no, like, there is not any actual reason to believe that Donald Trump is being indicted this week in terms of publicly available documents that would actually lead one to believe this. It's based on anonymous sources or Donald Trump saying so, or a whole bunch of us, like with our divining rods out in the yard, seeing where the indictment is. Nevertheless, people seem to be coalescing around the idea that we are expecting news tomorrow. Um, Okay. I'm curious, uh, for me at least, the politics follows the law here a little. Um, and I'll try to give my very briefest overview of the legal problems with the New York case. And in order to do that, I just want to do the brief overview of all the cases that are pending, the criminal cases pending um, against Donald Trump investigations, at least one, you have the federal department of justice, special counsel, Jack Smith. He is known as a very aggressive prosecutor, not partisan, just hyper aggressive. Like he's a dog on the hunt, man. Um, He's got three within his purview, January 6th, only as it relates to Donald Trump the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and obstruction related to the classified documents. That case doesn't seem like it's particularly close on any of those three for what it's worth. Next, we have Georgia. That's the Fulton County one. They're extremely close. This is the one about the calls that he was making in the immediate uh, aftermath of the 2020 election and the run up to January 6th where he's saying, just find me 12,000 votes. There is a not just like real overwhelming amount of evidence that that would be a violation of Georgia law. There are some maybe other problems with it constitutionally because he was a president at the time and acting as president. There's a question of whether um, local state prosecutors can bring criminal charges against uh, a president, even a former president if what he was doing was while he was president or any sort of official acts. David and I have spent a lot of time on official acts today. So maybe we'll get into that later, but he'll tell you, he's going to wave you off. He's going to like be winking at the camera being like, don't ask her. Um, Okay. And that brings us to New York. I'm sure many of you have read enough about this case, so I'm not going to get into super weeds, but if y'all want to ask questions about it, feel free. But the gist is this, there's a misdemeanor in New York state law about falsifying business records. And the argument would be that the payments, the hush payments that Donald Trump made to stormy Daniels were uh, listed as legal expenses and that that was false. They weren't legal expenses. I don't even need to tell you, like, eh, probably, but that's not like a gimme, actually. The problem is it's a misdemeanor, and so the statute of limitations ran in 2018. Womp, womp. And even if, and we'll get to this in a second, you told the time that he was president, so 2017 to 2021, The statute of limitations still ran. There were two years in between when these payments were made and the uh, business records were made to now. So they need to turn this into a felony. How do you do that? There is a felony in New York falsifying business records in furtherance of another crime. In this case, it's going to be federal election law. Oh boy, as they say, that's really messy. Can the state even use a federal law to tie into this state sort of double bounce felony? Don't know. Um, Is this a violation of federal election law? The Department of Justice declined to prosecute. That's not great. By the way, so did this office a couple of years ago. Um, Third problem with it is there's no question that Donald Trump could not, for instance, have taken money from the campaign to pay off Stormy Daniels. Why? Because it's the same reason why you can't use campaign money to do your dry cleaning or to buy a fancy new suit. Remember, um, Sarah Palin got in trouble for buying pantyhose Uh, because the expense exists regardless of the existence of the campaign. So if you can't use campaign money to pay for it, how can it be a campaign finance violation if you didn't use campaign money to pay for it and didn't, you know, uh, uh, list it on your FEC report? That's a big question. And one that the Department of Justice already ran into, which gets us to bucket four problem. Uh, they did this case against John Edwards. There were six counts in that indictment. It went to trial. The jury hung on five of them, acquitted him on the sixth one. They dropped the case after that. whop. whop. Uh, And last real problem. Oh wait, there's a statute of limitations here too. It's five years. So these payments and the business records were falsified in 2016. It is now 2023. You're well outside the five years. The only argument is that because you cannot put a sitting president on trial, that it told the statute of limitations while he was president for those four years. We get into some uncharted territory and you're in really just sort of legally um, theoretical grounds because we're about to have a big discussion over whether you can indict a sitting president. You just can't arrest or put him on trial because if they could have indicted him, then that statute of limitations isn't going to toll. Very messy. Those are the legal problems. Okay. So now we get into the fun part, Andrew, which is, is this a wise thing for the New York district attorney to do? And you can take the word wise wherever you want to go.
1: OK, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the you can take it anywhere you want to go is a thing you need to say, right, because that is that is one million percent kind of viewpoint dependent, because according to one line, uh, the the wise thing for prosecutors to do is to completely ignore uh, these sorts of like external considerations that we would call political considerations, because uh, those are not the proper purview of the law and, and they ought to, you know, uh, indict the people that they think they have the evidence to indict and not indict the ones they don't think they have the ev- evidence to indict. Um, if you are coming at it from the point of view, as I imagine um, a lot of people are of does this ultimately help or hinder Donald Trump on his path, uh, potential path back to the White House? Um, and if you're this prosecutor, do you want to 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 to, to grease that path or, or throw up obstacles? Um, I think of all of the potential indictments that you mentioned, this is the one that plays best into his hands. And I think there's a reason why. I mean, he'll he'll tweet about the Georgia stuff when it comes and, and he'll. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say tweet. He'll post on his own uh, bespoke truth social platform when that comes. And he'll talk about about uh, uh, special counsel Smith. But this one, because it is a story that has already been so litigated uh, in the press, everybody remembers the Stormy Daniels stuff. Um, everybody th- there isn't anything new in terms of new information yet. Um, obviously, you should to come out of trial, whatever. Um, but that's a it's, a it's a story that politically, as far as the the electorate's concerned, has been processed um, baked in, as they say. Um, and for all the reasons you mentioned, it's 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 far more tenuous. The legal it's, a uh, you know, the, the, that that line that everybody keeps quoting from The New York Times, uh, a novel legal theory that that would be required um, um, to, to, to try this guy. I mean, it really just reads to to a lot of people and I think including us and, you know, Lord knows we're not Donald Trump's biggest fans, but as as a little bit more of of kind of like a fishing type uh, expedition than than some of the other stuff that, 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 that we're talking about. And this, this interval between when, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this, this interval between when he was, uh, kind of, Oh gosh, is Donald Trump going to get arrested? All, there's all of a sudden, all of a sudden all this bubbling up that this is coming, uh, the interval between that and when it actually happens is, is pure gold for Trump because he, uh, he can just kind of rail on it like crazy, but all of his potential opponents are a little bit kind of locked in amber because, uh, he hasn't actually been indicted. They don't want to just kind of follow him out on that limb and say, I, I heard Donald Trump said he's going to be indicted. And I think that's terrible, or I think that's great. Um, but but obviously he has no compunction about about, you know, he's he's off and running with with these narratives. So uh so I don't know. I mean, I I again it kind of depends what you mean by wise, I suppose.
0: So David and Andrew already know that I feel pretty strongly about this because. I'm obsessed with a man for all seasons. (laughs) So, um, Here's the thing, right? If you bend the law to get the folks you don't like, that's called tyranny. You don't bend the law to get the people you do like. Right. It's like the Nazis marching in Skokie. And we're all like, well, I mean, but they're Nazis. Yeah, because we don't need to defend the free speech rights of the people who are saying nice things, who are all like, that's a great thing to say. Please, grandmas for puppies. Please have a permit to go march through Skokie. No. The only time you get to stand up for free speech is when it's the most loathsome people doing it. Uh, And in a man for all seasons, as many of you will remember. Uh, Thomas More is having this colloquy with William Roper and, um, you know, I'll paraphrase the top part, but he says, you know, would you cut down all the laws in England to get to the devil himself? And William Roper says to get to the devil? Yes. And, uh, and Thomas More says, oh, and when the last law was down and the devil turned round on you, where would you hide Roper? The laws all being flat. I know that sounds dramatic, but to me, that is what's happening here. It's a it's a law that doesn't even apply to this situation. The statute of limitations has run out. All of these things, and what I hear from folks is like, "Yeah, but it's Trump, and he had it coming, man." Why do the Nazis need to march in Skokie? They don't need a a permit. I know. So it makes me very nervous. But David, I want to give you actually. Um it's kind of a layup and kind of a hard question which is everyone seems to agree that Georgia is the strongest case that it's ready to go we're looking at days maybe a couple weeks why why is new york going now
2: i, I mean i'm not really sure why new york is going now but you know I think the interesting thing here, and what I think sometimes we forget or people in general forget, because we get wrapped up in analyzing whether this helps Trump and how are Republicans viewing this. And so many Republicans like Trump and some of them don't like him, but they don't like the idea that that the justice system is gonna be used against a fellow Republican. But there are a lot of Democrats in the country and they vote for people, too. And so sometimes and I don't know this to be the case, but sometimes, Sarah, the simplest answer is politics runs in many directions. You know, Mr. Bragg is an elected position. There are a lot of people in the five boroughs that cannot stand Donald Trump and And they're
0: willing to chop down all the trees in England.
2: And they're willing to chop down all the trees in England because they feel like Trump has already done that. There are no more trees. And so what you are saying is, in fact, they sound a lot like Republicans who support Trump when you try to make an argument about um, the rule of law and small government um, and conservative in a conservative governance in a classic sense, which is, you know, the Democrats have been using the government and institutions against us for years and bending the culture to its will for years, and we're just supposed to sit back and take it because we don't believe in doing the same thing? I mean, that just clearly hasn't worked and we're done doing that. And So if you talk to a lot of Democrats and liberals and activists and just people that loathe Trump, they're basically saying that Trump has made a mockery of the system and we should get him by any means necessary. This isn't quite uh, the perfect analogy, but you know, (laughs) Uh, and and it may not be historically accurate, but one of my favorite movies as a kid was Kevin Costner and the Untouchables. And they keep trying to figure out how to get Capone. And I'm not saying Trump's Capone. I mean, let's let's relax here because um, he, he's not Capone. But they kept, you know, they couldn't get him on all the things they knew he was doing. And I forget this actor's name, but he was great. He's like, well, what about taxes? And now. Tax evasion is a real thing. And that's different. But my point is, it's like, so we won't get him on the stuff he really deserves to be gotten on, if you will, but we'll get him on something that's gettable. And I think that's a lot of what is happening here.
0: Let me be very clear. Getting Al Capone on tax fraud is awesome. That's just creative prosecution. That's not chopping down any trees because that tree was right there. You just had to go find the right tree this would be more like charging Al Capone for not paying taxes on a babysitter eight years ago when nobody pays taxes on a babysitter. And there's a question of whether the actual tax law even applies to $20 is- an hour babysitters that you used for three hours one time eight years ago and the statute of limitations is already run.
2: This is true, Sarah, but if you try to get confirmed by the Senate for a cabinet position, that'll get you derailed in five yes. seconds. <laughs> Listen, your point is is... Well taken. And I agree with your point, but I am trying to give you an understanding of the other side. What you've said is really
0: terrifying to me because there is something um, that's far worse. I mean, that's the answer William Roper, I think, actually would have given if this had been a not written to make Thomas More look good, which is the laws are already down. There is no protection from the devil. So the most important thing is that you go get the devil first and then you replant some seedlings afterwards or whatever. But as you pointed out, the the scary thing about that is it means the rule of law is already gone for both sides.
2: Well, I think the rule of law, I think both sides sometimes these days tend to have an apocalyptic view yeah. of the state of the country and everything is the end of the world and everybody you know the one thing democrats and republicans tend to agree on is that the other side plays dirty and i wish we played as dirty as them because maybe we'd win as much totally. as that it's silly because they both win they both lose there's an election every 2 years not not to mention the off years where there are more elections but everybody is just locked into this frame of mind and nobody so far i mean i don't want to say quite nobody there are individual democrats and individual republicans who have who have done so at times but you know It's going to take an adult somewhere to just say, stop and just say, I could do this. And I feel justified in wanting to do this, but this is not a good idea. And it usually takes somebody high up on the food chain for that thing to trickle down. And nobody's really doing it yet.
0: Can I, can I offer one one little, uh,
1: possible point of, of pushback on the, on the man for all seasons thing. And I, and I find your line extremely compelling, and and I uh, and basically won over by the thing. But I do think, as far as like, if we're talking about chopping down all the trees in England, I mean, the the, the prosecutorial decision is not ultimately the arbiter of justice, right? Like, if they choose to bring charges it will still go to trial. He's still, you know, they make the case before a jury. You don't want a prosecutor to bring a charge. That is a stretch on these, in these lines. And I think sort of prudentially, uh, I agree with you as a, that, that, that likely there is an overstep there. I just, I just think that's kind of like, it's, it's important to, to note that like, this is not the kind of, the kind of the end of justice. It is in theory, like the beginning of this process, right? There is
0: some, truth to that. And I think that's where Donald Trump gets the least amount of sympathy from me as compared to, um, again, some like your grandmother getting arrested and charged with a made up crime would actually be catastrophic to her life. Um, regardless of how it turns out in the end, you know, being acquitted wouldn't be enough to give your grandmother back her time, her reputation, her life. So I do think it's a very big deal to charge someone with a not crime Under a novel legal theory, where the statute of limitations already ran, but um, I take your point that for Donald Trump it is a little different on the calculation. I don't think that should matter because I think your grandmother, I I think Donald Trump shouldn't be treated worse than your grandmother. He shouldn't be treated better either. And I think that um, okay, so the prosecution part is corrupted, and I don't mean corrupted and or corrupt in actually a traditional sense. I mean corrupted by this like need to get the bad guy, even if the bad guy didn't commit a crime, we can actually charge. Um, you know, telling a jury, hey, he's Al Capone, go ahead and convict him of this feels a little oj to me. I didn't love the OJ stuff, I'll be honest, the post-acquittal OJ stuff. Um, because the jury there seemed to be convicting him of something different. <laughs> okay. Uh, Now, on appeal, some of this he'll be able to challenge and some of it he won't. So, for instance, the statute of limitations thing, certainly the the question over the legal matter of whether someone can violate campaign finance laws by doing something that they couldn't have paid for with campaign dollars, that is like legally a question that he can raise. Um, But, you know, there's other things that you can't, which... So this doesn't fall into double jeopardy in the traditional sense whatsoever, in any sense. I want to be clear. This is not double jeopardy. However, the principles of double jeopardy also have a purpose, which is once you've decided not to charge someone that should have some weight, this office already decided not to charge him with this crime. And then they're revisiting it every time someone new gets elected and coming up with theories about why they weren't time barred to begin with. I don't know. I I am. I am like, I am persuaded by your point, Andrew, but only up to a very small point, you know, like I only mean it to be a very,
1: I think, I think we're in agreement. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. I want to get to some questions because they're really good ones. Andrew, let's start with you. Um, And by the way, just worth noting, it's interesting because I believe that having more political accountability is good, right? This is my whole beef against the administrative state. They are not politically accountable, even though they're under the executive branch. It's not like people get to vote on whatever random bureaucrat at the FDA decided to make something not legal or legal or whatever else. And so this becomes a really interesting test of my own principles because at the Department of Justice, those AUSAs and even the US attorneys for that matter are not in any traditional sense directly politically accountable but Bragg is, and maybe that is a good thing. And so maybe I should be less concerned about that because he may lose this trial and that can't be good for him politically. And so I shouldn't worry as much about it because that's why the political accountability is there. And so I, there is a difference between the feds doing this versus a state or local prosecutor. But anyway, let me get to the questions. Um. Yeah. So various versions of this, but do you think Trump will try to claim that the potential MAGA nation backlash stopped the indictment as a way of drumming up support? IE, if this doesn't happen or if they let Georgia go first, does Trump now get victory no matter what? Uh, Andrew, start with you.
1: I don't know if he'll, if he'll claim, uh, that exact thing. Um, I think he'll just kind of be on, I mean, like, it's kind of like if you, if they put out this fire, they're on to the next fire, right? I mean, I think it will be it'll be then they'll kind of have their hands full with 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 Georgia or 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 whatever or whatever whatever. Um, I don't know. I i i have a hard time imagining. I'm, I'm having a hard time even formulating why it's hard for me to imagine Trump taking that particular victory lap. But I think I think like it's it's a very black and white moral universe for him, right? It's like there's all these villains out there and they only act on villainous impulses and and uh and Bragg is one of them right um he's 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 the racist soros funded DA. I mean, he's throwing every everything that in in the toolkit at him and i have a hard time time seeing him be like turn kind of turn on a dime and be like ah he it turns out he made the wise decision based on these kind of like extraneous uh, sort of political factors. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. He surprises me all the time with the things he says. So I guess it's totally possible.
0: David, similar, but different. Uh, Kimster says feeling like Teflon Don is going to somehow walk away from this better off either way. Is there any version of this where Trump is worse off?
2: Oh, sure. Listen, I, I think that if you, and and I've been thinking a lot about this, cause this is the kind of nonsense I fill my days with, Um, If you look back at the raid of Mar-a-Lago, in other words, the FBI executed a search warrant, um, and there was a lot of talk at the time. This was a couple of months before the 2022 midterm elections, and a lot of Republicans were outraged. And I talked to a lot of Republicans at the time who said, you know, Republican voters had been sort of inching away from Trump. They weren't consumed by him anymore. But now he's been victimized by the Biden administration and by the deep state, and this is wrong. And this is—I've not seen them this mad in ages. And you know, there was concern late summer that Republicans weren't as enthusiastic as they needed to be about the midterm elections. Voters, this is going to energize our voters. I, you know, the Democrats really miscalculated here. Whoever decided to to execute the search warrant, obviously the the Attorney General Merrick Garland signed off on it. And what we learned was that it wasn't good for Trump and it wasn't good for the Republican Party. What it did was bring bring him back into a position of media dominance in a way that reminded voters what it is they didn't like about him. There are lots of things, if you're a Republican voter, you could say you liked about his presidency in terms of the things that he got done and some of the shibboleths that he attacked and tore up. But ultimately, the reason he lost reelection was because there were a lot of Republican voters in the right places uh, that had had enough, or at least there were enough of them that when you combine them with independents who clearly had enough, it wasn't good for him. So what does this do? This may remind all of the voters that are just exhausted by him or worried that he can't win, even if they think it's not his fault that, oh yeah, this is, these are the ABCs of Trump. This is just what you get. It's one thing after another. So I just don't buy that it's good for Trump long-term. It may be good for Trump in a Republican primary, but I'm not totally convinced of that yet either, but it might be, but it's not good for Trump if he wants to be president again.
0: Uh, All right, I'm bouncing around here. Steven wants to know, assuming New York charges go to trial, when would that happen? Actually, do you know who has a lot of control over that? Donald Trump. So he will have some basically speedy trial rights. I don't know New York state law as well. At the federal level, there's the speedy trial act, but states have versions of this as well, um, where he'll kind of get to set the pace. If he wants this to move really quickly, he can. If he doesn't want it to move quickly, um, then it kind of bounces back. The state may still want it to move quickly. They could still speed it up, but oftentimes the state's in no big rush either way. He will not be in jail in the interim. Uh, He will very much be out. Uh, By the way, there was a a fun question here that said, any ideas, predictions that Trump could pull off a Eugene Debs-style jailhouse campaign and actually get anywhere? Thanks for the book club letting me learn about him. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Debs was, he was incredibly successful, both as a third-party candidate, but especially because he was in jail. And that was without any of the rights that Donald Trump would have. And we're talking about here, He goes to speedy trial, he gets convicted, he gets sentenced and somehow doesn't appeal that like none of that's actually going to happen. But if we just want to play like fantasy cosplay land, um, Donald Trump would be far better off than Eugene Debs running a presidential campaign in jail. So that's exciting. Um, oh, uh, Andrew wanted this one for you comments on Nick's article earlier today about the congressional GOP caucus. It's not really the caucus though. It kind of is their letter with demands of the uh, of D.A. Bragg's investigation. Did you read that? Basically, it bad.
1: I mean, uh, so I have to, this is egg on my face. I have actually yet to read Nick's Nick's piece from earlier today. I'm happy to comment on, <laughs> on so the facts themselves. On but yeah, I mean, no, I... I I think i fundamentally agree and i and i'm interested to hear what you think about this sarah because because i think you you and him talked about this a little bit in our slack channel yesterday um but uh, so i so i don't want to i i don't want to go too far out on a limb and have you have you come come with your actual yeah. reasoned opinions with knowledge and things um but but uh i mean fundamentally i think like like if they're I'm a lot less worried about them kind of weighing in on this than I would be about, say, the Georgia thing for all the reasons we've mentioned. Right. I mean, like there I think there are real reasons to be concerned that this is overreach from the prosecutor in New York. And I think like what if you're a, if you are a, uh, a an elected member of Congress who has a certain public platform and certain kind of uh, political levers that you can that you can pull to kind of uh, heighten your own your own um, um, uh indignation about those facts i am i don't have a, a huge amount of, of of difficulty seeing that obviously the 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 counterpoint to that is if the facts speak, speak for themselves and i think a, a lot of sort of reasonable people even ones who don't really like donald trump think think that they kind of speak for themselves uh not reflecting well on on uh on on bragg in this case um then why would you sort of muddy the waters by by uh injecting that into such a Obviously and nakedly political process as you know these c- congressional uh, televised hearings. So I I think strategically, I mean, you 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 might be want you might want to say to Kevin McCarthy and these Republicans like, hey, like let the let it go, like let the facts speak for themselves. Tweet about it or whatever. But um, but you know, I don't know. Nobody's ever hired me to be a strategist. So I I, I do think I am curious what you think. Uh, uh, same question, right back at you.
0: No, I mean, you get to one of the funnest parts of politics, right? The individual incentives are not the same as the group. So the individual incentives for Bragg are not the same as the Democratic Party. He would much rather see the Georgia case go forward first, but that doesn't help Bragg's career at all. And yes, I take the point that, you know, someone asked, isn't this like him walking on a rake? Maybe, but again, he's become very famous in the last week. Nobody knew his name before that.
1: It sure would be great for him if if House Republicans dragged him. I mean, like he yeah. nothing would make him more of a kind of icon than like being Democrats on the doing defend those, him. Yeah.
2: What do, what, what do voters value um highly these days? That you're willing to fight the man or the woman. I mean, that you know, that the the other side will come after you. And in the face of, you know, oblivion, you stood up and you did what was right and also send me five dollars.
0: Yeah. Um so the point that I was making to Nick and our Slack channel uh, was a little different. Imagine this wasn't a close case. There was no argument really at all. So let me give a slightly different hypo. I hope it's like good enough for the purposes. Forget anything that's going on right now. In 10 years, um, the, the local DA where I'm from, Fort Bend County, Texas, decides to indict Joe Biden for criminal tax evasion, um, because his son hired a babysitter and didn't pay taxes, and that Joe Biden had knowledge of that babysitter, and that Hunter didn't pay the taxes, and therefore he uh, is an accomplice to that criminal tax evasion, and so this DA is going to arrest him on felony tax evasion. I mean, that's it would it's just like so, not even close to what the law says. Nothing. Everyone knows that. But the DA is sort of his own sovereign. He can do this. What should members of Congress do about that? I.e., in the face of my, you know, William Roper Thomas More example, principle is on the line. Does Congress have a role to play? I don't know that they do, but that to me is a way more interesting question than whether (laughs) these... Ding dongs are doing it right <laughs> because again, their individual incentives—they're doing it perfectly for their individual incentives. But no, not for Republicans, and yes, for you know, Drucker. What do you think?
2: I was laughing about the defund because I just wasn't sure <laughs> what which, bu- which bucket of federal funds was keeping Da Bragg in his office uh, afloat.
0: I mean, look, like NYPD certainly gets federal funds.
2: So let's defund the police to go after Brett. I know, I know. Here, okay, here's here's the here's the I mean, lever. I, I absolutely I get point, by the way. If if their point is you receive a significant amount of funding from us, we think you're you're abusing your office. I mean, look, Congress has a right to take the to money. Take sure. the money that they have appropriated. We yeah. we do argue about the reasons, but I won't argue that. It just I I didn't know that that Congress was was funding that. That's all.
0: There are grants that go for various local law enforcement and to local DAs on specific crime-fighting measures.
2: You fund comes, the prosecutors.
0: Yeah, that comes from the Department of Justice. Um, they might get Democratic programs. votes for that.
2: They might get Democratic votes for that.
0: Andrew, is am I close to what their actual theory is?
1: I'm sorry. Who's actual theory? Like the. Like, What's their
0: defund theory? Because the only thing I could think of was these local community grants for fighting crime that, by the way, you can't. So unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to think about it, Congress, the courts have held, can't withdraw grant funding based on viewpoint. That's like the simplest way I can put it. It's like this was the sanctuary city fight there were all these community grants for crime fighting. And they said, if you're a sanctuary city, you clearly don't care about cr- fighting crime. We're going to take away your grant money. And the courts were like, no, you can take away the grant money because you don't have money or because you don't want to do this grant anymore. That's totally discretionary. But you can't just say we're not giving it to that city because we don't like their policies.
1: I think that the real break glass in case of emergency hardball move would be for the for the uh, uh, congressional Republicans to say, okay, actually, we've changed our minds. We're really into the state and local tax deduction now, but we'll only put it back if you fired this particular guy, you know, get rid of brag and you can. Great have salt for brag. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: I exactly.
2: might go for that. He no, will, I have it. no idea. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> so Phil just asked, speaking of Nick, has anyone at the dispatch actually seen him in person or online? Not
2: me. No I think he's, app. I think he's, we hired chat GPT and we call him. <laughs> Mr. Bobby.
0: So what's really funny is there are um, a bunch of these Tech companies out in Silicon Valley hire white knight hackers, and a lot of them are not known to any of their coworkers. Now, they do have to give bank information to one person at the company in order to get paid legally, so they do that. But otherwise, nobody even knows their real name. So I think we're very lucky that he's given us at least a name that we can use. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, nope. Uh, the default profile picture on on Slack and everything. So not even a not even a static face as far as I've ever seen.
0: Wouldn't it be really funny if he were like a twelve year old? Like, what if he's a kid? Oh,
1: that you would have be. to be a little older <laughs> <laughs> than that unless unless it's like a, like a hardy boys it's, sort of situation no, it's, where it's, it's like there's, it's, a, it's a, whole, there's a whole warehouse Roberts, yeah. yeah. there's like there's like thirty five <laughs> Ola pundits and they live in like Bangladesh, and they all kind of crank out kind of homogenized coffee. And
0: yeah, yeah um, Aaron asked, are there dim pundits or politicians defending this? Who are the people that Sarah referenced that support this indictment? I mean, yeah, there are it depresses me because I don't mind. um, I don't mind the people who want to argue on the merits that the statute of limitations hasn't run, that this is a real crime because that's what Michael Cohen pled to pleading guilty to a novel legal theory so that you don't have to plead guilty to other stuff though, is not persuasive to me that this actually is what it is, but there, there are merit-based arguments. The arguments that I have no Tolerance for in principle is the we don't need to worry about it because it's Donald Trump and F him, right? He's a bad dude. Ugh, that those um those people scare me. They tend not to be lawyers. And so I'm I'm more okay with that. Because lawyers saying that would like really bother me. Uh okay, other good ones here. Why Drucker? Yes. Why, first of all, do you think it's Ron DeSantis or Ron DeSantis?
2: Well, uh, a little preview for uh, the viewers. I'm in Tallahassee as we speak, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: spending a couple of days here, and I've been calling him DeSantis all day, and nobody has corrected me. So until I hear otherwise, it's Ron DeSantis.
0: Wait, no, 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 no. Total logic failure. Now, tomorrow, you have to start calling him Ron DeSantis and see if anyone corrects you, because maybe they just don't correct people.
2: This is actually a good idea, and I'm like, (laughs) or maybe it'll be a part of my questioning. Like, is it DeSantis? Is it DeSantis? What is politically more advantageous to be DeSantis or DeSantis? I'm actually, I'm not even sure. Is I guess is it an Italian name? Is that what I read somewhere?
0: That's what I've read. I have no actual. I
2: wasn't. I wasn't sure. You know the initials he goes by. This isn't just, I found a, a Tallahassee thing, but like, you know, you know how we abbreviate everything, right? Like DJT and even like Mitt Romney, I think for his staff would be WMR, right? Willard Mitt Romney, right? So these, these things happen all the time. Um, but he's just known as RDS. And I don't know if, if his middle name starts with a D, but I, I think it's just, I think of it's, name.
0: <laughs> yes, I agree. I absolutely think that's what it is. Um, it, okay. Okay. Eustace, by the way, and I love the name Eustace. I have to tell you, um, I'm annoyed when you guys talk about chatting with Nick on Slack. He's such a big get for the dispatch and I love his newsletters. I, I don't understand why you're annoyed. You're annoyed that we are making fun of him because we're not, or are you annoyed that you're not on Slack to also get to chat with him or you're annoyed that he's not here. Eustace, please confirm annoyance purposes. (laughs) Um, Travis, I'm going to answer your question tomorrow on, uh, advisory, sorry, on Thursday's episode of advisory opinions that we're taping tomorrow, but it's a good reminder. I'm going to actually put it in my notes right now. What are LLMs and why the hate? Um, I, I so I'm going to have a better answer on advisory opinions, cause I'll actually get the Latin for you, but it's like a master's in law. And so it tends to be people who come from foreign countries with law degrees where their law degrees are actually just undergraduate majors in law of their country. And they want to practice here in the United States. So they go to a law school and they get like a master's in American law, or it's an American practitioner generally one who either went to like a lesser known law school and wants to like beef up their cred by getting a master's in a specific type of law, like tax law. You can get an LLM at some schools in tax law. Um, or sometimes someone really wants to just be a specialist in some type of law. So they go and get an LLM. Why do we make fun of them? I don't know. Why does anyone make fun of anyone? Right? Like there are stereotypes that are generally unfair. Um, but there they are. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even going to discuss the stereotypes because then I just sound mean. No, I'm not going to do it. And also Jonathan producer, Jonathan, do not guess what Eustace meant. He's sending me notes on what he thinks Eustace meant. No, I want to know what Eustace meant, um, from Eustace. Okay. Eustace
1: has replied. He's jealous. He says he's jealous that we oh, I'm, I'm jealous good. of us. It, it's so it's so fun when we hire these people and suddenly they're just around all the time. Like, it's so cool. Like, it's a really it's a fun we
2: thing. Need to throw, by the way, we need to call an all staff meeting in person for the sole purpose see? of seeing and tell Nick, like we have to tell everybody, like, secretly, this isn't true. Just we this <laughs> Nick in person, you must show up It's a condition of your employment in person just to see just so we know that it's him.
0: He wouldn't show up. There's no way he's going to show up. No. Um, all right. We've had some other good ones. Uh, since you're down there, Drucker, uh, has Florida, has the Florida legislature moved towards passing something that will let RDS run without resigning as governor?
2: They are moving toward it and they will do it. And by the way, I was talking to somebody today. So I finally figured out what this was about. He does not need the law to run for president. But, under current law, as one source told me today, if he were to win the nomination, becoming the official nominee, which wouldn't happen until the convention. But once he was the official nominee of the party, he would have to resign um as Governor. And so by passing this resign to run, it enables him to serve as Governor, even as he's the Republican nominee. And, of course, you know, if he's the Republican nominee and doesn't win the general election, he'd still want to be governor. um, and he'd probably, help him to be governor while he was the nominee because there are things he could do that could further his campaign politically. So so they are going to do that most likely in this special session. Um and I don't know the date yet, but it's going to happen.
0: Andrew, do you have any theory on why Ron DeSantis picked Piers Morgan to do an interview to throw a few jabs as Eric put it. Does he have a previous connection with Morgan or was it just timing? Why Piers Morgan, dare so, you guess?
1: One big platform, but two, I'll shamelessly steal the answer that 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 David suggested earlier, which is Donald Trump pays attention to Piers Morgan. I mean, I think I think that is not insignificant, right? He's not he's not like a longtime bosom friend of Ron DeSantis's or anything like that. Um, he's he's a guy who who has a Trump connection and that and that it is kind of maximally positioned to kind of needle the Donald. Um The Piers Morgan interview was very interesting because, yeah, um, it was notable that DeSantis kind of took some some shots in Trump's direction, but it wasn't anything completely new. I mean, like, like a lot of these lines were kind of like like. Uh, they existed in kind of passive form in his book as like kind of coded attacks and you kind of see them coming. And this was kind of the first time he actually applied them. And it's like, yes, I'm talking about Donald Trump. But it was funny to read the the, 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 the Pierce column because it was basically like RDS would say something like relatively anodyne, with like a little bit of a barb toward Trump. And then Pierce would be like, can you believe he just said that thing about Donald Trump? So it's like, I'll be interested to see. I mean, obviously like, Trump's been jonesing for this fight forever. He's not going to be like, okay, well, come on. Piers overplayed it. Um, It's out there now. They're fighting now. So that's the way it's going to be. But I just thought, I thought that was a funny, weird little uh, uh, facet of the article.
0: All right. Question from Jason to me. Sarah outlined two different theories of the New York DA, uh, sorry, theories New York DA is attempting. Have either of these theories been tested? One, freezing the statute of limitations And two, uh, a fed crime to charge a state crime. So one, freezing the statute of limitations. If you actually mean what you only wrote, then yeah, all the time, you can toll statute of limitations for all sorts of things. Um, For instance, fraud. You know, if you concealed the fact that there was a crime, oftentimes the statute of limitations only starts when there was some ability to uncover the crime itself because you don't want to reward fraud. Uh, If you're asking specifically tolling the statute of limitations because someone's president, no, we have not tried that. And once again, thank you, Donald Trump, for letting us really kick the tires on some of this constitution stuff. That's always a good idea. Uh, And then your second one, using a federal crime to charge a state crime. Um, Again, if you mean Uh, simply a state prosecutor being able to like charge a federal crime. No, you definitely can't do that. But if you mean this like weird system that New York has where you're charging a state crime, it is still New York state falsifying business records. That is the crime. It's actually aggravated falsifying business records. But in order to prove it, one of the elements of that crime is there is this second crime, whether that can be a federal crime. I am not aware of that ever being tested, but I really mean, I'm not aware. I don't mean, I don't think it's ever been tested. I mean, I'm not an expert on New York law. Uh, Speaking of that, Andrew, we haven't talked about extradition yet. Let's do some extradition. Why don't you lay out why everyone's talking about extradition in the last 48 hours and feel free to, to dangle your toes in the waters of why I find it so funny.
1: So th- no, this is, this is unironically, like perhaps I'm, I'm, it's basically the funniest thing about, about this whole news cycle, because it is of course already getting filtered into like how it's affecting the primary. We've been talking about all that, but it's also getting factored into this online fight between Trump people and DeSantis people that has been going on for a lot longer than DeSantis himself has been going after Trump. Right. I mean, like you have, you have these kind of influencers in right-wing media lining up on both sides um, to, to kind of be like, Trump's the, the only true uh, 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 guy for us. No, it's DeSantis, whatever. Um, But so, so when news of this potential indictment breaks, um, obviously a huge spotlight swivels over to DeSantis to see what he's going to say about the whole thing. And one thing that a lot of pro Trump, uh, uh, uh think fluencers, um, started saying right away was what we really need to see from Ron and what, what would really be kind of the only, like, like, like truly rock ribbed and, and, and brave thing for him to say would be, I will not. Extradite as the governor of Florida, where Donald Trump lives. I will not extradite him to New York uh, for processing if he's indicted because the indictment is unjust for all the reasons we've talked about, and for a lot of other uh, more colorful, theatrical, and and or fake reasons uh, that are flying around kind of the the, the Trump uh, sphere. So it's crazy because Ron DeSantis isn't in charge of that. I mean, like it, the, the 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 laws in question are pretty unambiguous. Um, if you're indicted in a different state, there's not kind of some discretionary role, uh, for the governor of Florida to step in and, and basically say, unless there are like, like straight up kind of logical, uh, or like kind of clerical problems. It's like, Oh, you're trying to, you're telling me we got to hand this guy over, but, uh, that's, it's some other guy on this warrant. Like, like some other, like some other name is here. This isn't the person you're talking about. Like Ron DeSantis could come in and be like, actually, no, this was some other Donald Trump. Um, But there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing discretionary here. And, and, and DeSantis himself, essentially, uh, I mean, he didn't get into the weeds of that, but he basically said, I have nothing to do with that yesterday. Um, And, 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 you know, I'm I'm not dealing with that. I'm dealing with, you know, all the stuff that's going on in my legislative session. And obviously, of course, like, that's becoming a, a thing that a lot of Trump supporters online are hitting him over that, that, you know, ah he, he's, he's already failed the test. I and mean, we don't even have the indictment yet. So it's like, it's this, it's this very kind of weird little sideshow thing, but it just kind of shows that this, this fight has already been ginned up and, and it's, we're going to see so many, so many different kinds of examples of this, just like these weird little, little crevices that like from the outside are just like bizarre. Like, like the, the idea that, that that DeSantis would be taking political flack for that is kind of crazy, except in this moral, moral kind of uh, universe where it's like Trump versus DeSantis, and it's zero sum, and uh, I, that's the that's the story of this nomination fight until somebody else makes a, makes some kind of real surge.
0: We're going to talk about this plenty on the next advisory opinions. I'll just read from Article Four, Section Two, Clause Two: A person charged in any state with treason, felony, or other crime who shall flee from justice, that just means not be in the state, it does not actually mean you needed to abscond, and be found in another state, shall, on demand of the executive authority of the state from which he fled, be delivered up to, to be removed to the state having jurisdiction of the crime. That's a shall word. So also, unlike some of these other questions, we have plenty of Supreme Court authority on this. Some of it's not recent, I will grant you, but for instance, the best ministerial case for Ron DeSantis would be the statute of limitations ran. Guess what? Biddinger versus commissioner of police, 1917. Supreme court already said that's a no-go. The governor of the state that has the person cannot question the statute of limitations, even if it is obviously expired and deny that as a reason to extradite the person back to the state. David, this could not be more like what they were asking Pence to do on January 6. It is a ministerial role that people have just decided you should ignore the law and do what we want because it would be better for us in this very specific case, despite the fact of everyone telling them, yes, but in all the other cases, this will run against you. So for instance... You want to be the party that's against crime, but you also want blue states to be able to refuse to turn over criminals to red states for pretty much any reason that they want. Cool plan.
2: Good idea. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, uh, Trump always wants the law to be followed in ways in, in so much as that it protects him, but doesn't want the law to be followed in 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 any such way that it doesn't protect him.
0: That's called tyranny, same as my and other then, example. It's called and, We have a
2: an And name. I just have to say as a political matter, you know, Donald Trump, which hey, it's a campaign, so that's fine, has been beating up Ron DeSantis left and right in trumpian ways. And if DeSantis had actually come to Trump's rescue here and said, "You know, I don't know what the law is or I do know cuz you know, I went to Harvard law," but I I I'm not going to stand for this. <laughs> Trump must be protected. He would look like a tool to the very voters he needs to win in the primary if he's going to run. I'm not saying I think he would look like a tool. What I'm saying is one of the things that has made Trump so successful.
0: Wait, you are saying he would look like a tool, though.
2: Well, I'm in not addition, saying, this is my analytical <laughs> explanation here. You know, what has made Trump so powerful in the Republican Party is that he will beat the living daylights out of somebody and then they will rush to his defense. And what voters see is a politician who is the ultimate fighter, who breaks every rule and it always works out to his advantage. And that's why we need him in the White House. And the only way you can make the case and by the way, not lose all of the Republicans that are Trump skeptical or Trump exhausted is to not. Do that. And so I think, you know, in this case, the law isn't on the side of uh, blocking extradition, but it also would be a bad political move, given that Trump has spent months beating up Ron DeSantis left and right. And and it would it would just be a bad move from that standpoint.
1: I, I should have said this very early on in this conversation. It's all extremely hypothetical because. Trump's lawyer has essentially said if he's tried, he's just gonna go to New York and be processed like normally. He's not you gonna like throw himself yeah, yeah. on Ron DeSantis's doorstep, like, please don't send me <laughs> Ron. You know, like so, so it's it's very much like this this bizarre kind of like influencer wrinkle. I just don't want to give people the impression that Trump is like leaning on DeSantis to do this. Cause as far as we know, he has not done that publicly.
0: Or holding up in his home somewhere, building barricades and hoping Jean Valjean uh, you know, comes across. Um <laughs> Okay, last question from Gary. What legal responsibility does the Secret Service have in delivering Trump? Goose egg. So the Secret Service will accompany him. Their job is to protect the president against uh, physical danger. They neither have a responsibility to prevent him from getting arrested, nor do they have a responsibility to further him getting arrested. They're literally just there um, as, as bodyguards. And Again, you want it that way. I know that may frustrate people on either side, but the Secret Service has an important role to play to keep people safe. And if those people believe that they have any other job or motivation, it undermines their ability to keep them safe. There's this great thing in um, in the West Wing, I know, our best legal source ever, but right where the president's telling them to like tell him what his daughter said. And they're like, sir, we can't do that because- then she'll try to do stuff behind our back and then we can't protect her. And he doesn't like that, but accepts it. And that's actually it. It's as simple as that. You don't want the protectee uh, trying to like be sneaky around the secret service. That being said, I will tell you, all protectees are kind of sneaky around their protection because- It's, you know, people you don't know up in your business, knowing all your personal stuff. So like taking phone calls with your spouse and things like that, um, you know, sometimes they'll put those things off until the end of the night. All right, with that, another dispatch live in the books. Um, And thank you to the person who said that they wished advisory opinions (laughs) was videotaped because I am very animated. See, ha, but I try to get it through on my voice. Um, and sorry, Travis. Trump running into the Florida Governor's Mansion, yelling "Sanctuary!" <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Chef's kiss.
1: Tallahassee um, is a sanctuary city now.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> girls. Palm Beach. Where's the moat? <laughs> uh,
0: thank you all for joining us. Don't forget about the YouTube channel. Don't forget about high stakes. It's going to be like a ten-minute conversation that Steve and I will have, checking in on the likelihood of Trump being the nominee and how our bet is going. Um, And yeah, I mean, look, I think this week has been really good for me. I have taken the Trump will be the nominee and it's feeling good (laughs) y'all in all the wrong ways. So with that, thank you for joining us. We will see you again next week. Bye. Thanks, David. Thanks, Andrew.
2: See ya.